Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Please take your seats quickly, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to The Passing Shot. Indian Wells is cancelled over coronavirus fears. Players and fans are split over the decision, whilst the Miami Open is put into major doubt. And welcome to The Passing Shot, the tennis podcast by fans, for fans, with your host, Joel and Kim. Today on the show, we're going to be discussing the shot cancellation of Indian Wells in California over the coronavirus. We'll be assessing what the players, fans and organisers have made of it so far and looking at what potential implications this could have on the ATP and WTA tours. Kim, where do we start with this? Because... This is, I think, the first time in the tournament's history that Indian Wells has been cancelled. I think it's the biggest major sporting event in the United States that's been cancelled so far. Nothing seems to be safe from the coronavirus music events, you know, St. Patrick's Day Parade in Dublin and, and Indian Wells. So this is unprecedented. This is kind of new, this is newfound territory for tennis. What was your initial reaction to the story? Were you shocked were you kind of expecting it what, what, what was going through your head well I wasn't exactly that surprised I suppose because you know we've seen a lot of sporting events being cancelled already a lot of cycling events and golf events um you know obviously like Chinese Grand Prix um you know quite a lot of other events you know the music events have been cancelled um even yeah so it, it's not I I don't think it's that surprising but also Joel not to split hairs, it hasn't actually been cancelled. It's merely been, I guess, postponed technically because the on the official statement from the tournament organisers, they've said, um, you know, as a result of the coronavirus um, and the public health emergency for the Coachella Valley, um, the BMP Paribas Open will not take place at this time. So I'm not sure if they're trying to fit it in later in the year, uh, which is going to be an, a whole other kettle of fish because where are you going to find the time to rearrange all these cancelled tournaments? Yeah, I, I thought it was very interesting in that re- press release that they, they tried to downplay and steer clear of the C, of the C word, of the cancellation word. But I feel like to my mind, this, I mean, I think you're just going to have to knock it off for the air. For me, it, I, f- I actually think for me, it, it is cancelled. And and I think for me, I know you're kind of saying you kind of expect, almost kind of were expecting this news to happen to break. But for me, it still came as a bit of a shock because I was kind of a bit like, you know, in the, in the week preceding it, you know, we had those kind of, we had that press release about, you know, we are aware of the coronavirus and we've implemented these measures. And we saw some really kind of good initiatives there, you know, with, you know, um, 
ball boys and ball girls having to wear gloves, the fact that they won't uh, be touching kind of players' towels and all these things that actually we were kind of like, you know, the tennis the tennis tour just generally should adopt. And and I thought, you know, that was going to be the end of it about, you know, coronavirus and, and Indian Wells. But but lo and behold, we, you know, on the, the eve of the tour, on the eve of the tournament, on the, you know, the play, players were already there, you know, fans were already there, uh, you know, people had, you know, people from the UK had taken their flights and gone over to, to California. And we just get this statement from, well, for me, it just came from completely out of the blue. And, you know, I don't know what our listeners are, you know, whether they're more, they were more kind of expected or sh- shocked. But for me, it was a big surprise because, as I said, it, this has never this has never happened before. And for, you know, a tournament like Indian Wells, which is, you know, the dubbed kind of, you know, the fifth Grand Slam um, in tennis, it, it's just, it's it's seismic. Well, yeah, but this might be nothing, Joel, if, if we get to, uh, like the French Open and it's still, you know, coronavirus is still going strong. And I mean, you know, what do you then do with the Grand Slams? Do, do you... Do you cancel them? I mean, where where do we end up? I and mean, I think that's what Jamie Murray came out and, and said, you know, this could go on and on and on. I mean, there's already, you know, speculation about Miami, which is, I think, due to start on the 23rd of March. So that at the moment is still going ahead, but obviously we sort of wait with bated breath on that one. Um, but I mean, yeah, like, like you said, to be fair, they had announced those measures such as, you know, protect to protect like the ball kids and everyone involved, you know. And actually that um, raised a bit of an interesting point, I guess, about, where the ball kids should really be handling players' towels anyway. Because, I mean, it is a bit rank when you think about all those germs and, like, bodily, bodily substances on those towels. To begin with, <laughs> when I heard that, I was like, oh, good for you, coronavirus. You've, you've, <laughs> done, some good, you've done some good on the tour. You've brought in these measures that, you know, as I said, I mm. think are... I think they they should be universally adopted on tour. But yeah, and I know um, one of our listeners, Liz Curran, uh, she's always been quite passionate. I think about this subject, you know, to sort of because it is just a bit, you know. I mean, I'm a bit of a germaphobe myself, so I, I sort of definitely, you know, would support that kind of being a thing generally. Um, but I think with Indian Wells, you know, a lot of people were saying, oh, there's only been one confirmed case in, in the local area, which seems, you know, therefore a very drastic decision to cancel the event when there are other places where there's a lot more confirmed cases and, you know, events are still taking place. Um, but I think what it is, is, you know, the area where Indian Wells is played, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a retirement area. There's a large percentage of the population who are age 65 and over. So just bearing in mind that they are going to be, you know, a lot of the people attending the tournament and coming into contact with everyone in that area, you know, it's it's a massive risk to that particular population. Uh, hence, you know, the health officials have just said it's it's too much of a risk to to host it. Yeah, and it was it was a decision made on guidance of medical professionals and you know pe- people in that field. So you know, it wasn't like they, you know, it's it's like you know health was you know obviously the priority for the tournament and they took you know the advice of all kind of the the specialists i guess in the in the local area now i think one question that uh, you know they were they were kind of seeing if they could answer was whether they could play the tournament without fans and kind of do it on you know behind closed doors and mm. you know i think we're seeing a lot of that in europe you know particularly in the football leagues where i know there's kind of european football going on yeah. midweek and you know a lot of those matches are being played behind closed doors but 
um but they kind of I, I guess they kind of explored this option and kind of realized it uh it wasn't feasible and i think for me that kind of raised an interesting point particularly around kind of you know if you could if they could have played it um behind closed doors does that necessarily mean they should have because i think there's an argument to say that you know you know these you know tennis players you know play tennis to you know for their fans and tennis isn't tennis without fans so uh, you know i don't know i i'm kind of glad that it's not being played behind closed doors i think because of that um yeah, yeah, because of that thought. I think it would be really strange. I mean, yes, we've <laughs> seen it in other sports. Like we've seen it a bit in football when, I don't know, you know, you have uh, certain fan groups of, of that team and, you know, have been done for sort of racist abuse and they, you know, that team's like banned from from playing with any fans for a certain period of time. But, the, you know, there would be no atmosphere. It would be really strange. It, it you know, might lead to completely different results because, you know, we see in so many tennis matches, you know, the momentum shifts and, you know, a large part of that is is because of the energy from the crowd and the atmosphere. And it would, you know, totally be down to the players having to kind of create that for themselves and like dig deep and, and draw, you know, draw upon that sort of inner, inner reserves from, from themselves. But yeah, it would be certainly interesting. And I mean, if they were to do that, it, it wouldn't be letting down as many people, you know, the journalists, broadcasters, they would all, you know, still have a job. Um, whereas obviously, as it stands, no one has a job uh, for the next couple of weeks that had expected to have one. So it would have damaged, uh, you know, sort of damage limitation if they had had have played um, behind closed doors. But I guess, I don't know, the revenues from the ticket sales, they would have had to have refunded everyone. Is it financially viable for them to have run the tour? You know, is that, is it basically just come down to money um, in, in that respect? I mean, I think they, I think may, I'm going to assume that was kind of a big, you know, a, a big question mark around kind of ticketing and, uh, you know, being able to, um, you know, let fans in and, and, you know, if they didn't, if they didn't want to be there, that they could get a, they could get a refund. But, um, you know, going back to kind of the point on like, you know, a closed, a closed arena situation. I mean, I think for me, it's like, if you went down that route, I guess, I guess maybe you could kind of continue with the tour and get to a point where you could complete it. Whereas obviously if you just kind of postpone an event or, you know, put it into kind of a to be, um, to be announced sort of bracket, you know, the tour, it doesn't feel like at the moment, like maybe the tour is going to be, you know, complete. It's going to be partial because, um, yeah, because at the moment we don't we don't have Indian Wells. Yeah, it'll be you know like twenty twenty might might be the season that you know can you really count anything that happened? I mean, I don't know. I'm just thinking back to like all those Tour de France's where you know half the podium were you know now you know have been proven to have been like drug takers or whatever. You know, you sort of there's this period in history where you sort of think well, we can't really count any of those results because we don't know if they were valid or not. I mean, it's a bit weird. It is totally totally unprecedented and. You know, it it just depends really if if it's gonna just be Indian Wells. You know, I, we don't know what's gonna happen with the trajectory of the virus. If it's, I mean, I'm no medical expert, so there's so much media hype as well, and kind of panic and fear being like propagated in the media. So kind of just have to take it upon you know from the advice of the public health experts. Um, 
But yeah, for, I mean, it is an interesting question. Like, do you have to have a crowd and an audience and like atmosphere and energy to make a sporting event worth watching? Um, I don't. I don't think the players would want to play. I don't think the players would want to play. Yeah. But also, I mean, for for me, watching at home on the TV, they could just put like some fake crowd noise on. Like I I could still watch it. They could like, you know, do some special effects. But yeah, I mean, and it's weird because the players are all there. um, And they they said that they have accommodation for a week. um, The tournament are, you know, paying for that for a week. They can use the practice courts. Um, And actually, I think a lot of the players were maybe a bit annoyed by the way they heard about the cancellation because some players said, you know, they just saw it on Twitter um, and that was the first time they like, they learned of it. And in a bit of aggro, I think, about that. <laughs> Imagine learning. I, I, I can't remember who it was. Was it um, Kirsten, yeah, Kirsten uh, Flipkins criticised the, w- the WTA for not holding an emergency meeting for the players and Serana Sustea, the, the Romanian player, yeah, said that, she found out on, on Twitter and um, yeah, it does feel like there was some sort of, I don't know if there was a communication breakdown or, you know, the you know, news getting to players before it got to, I guess, the, the media and the fans. But, you know, I guess it's, again, it was very, I think for me, the kind of the shock factor of it was the fact that all the players were there and kind of, you know, raring to go. And it was sort of like, you know, for me, these sorts of big events, they're a bit like Christmas day and, <laughs> You know, you Christmas wake up. Christmas has been cancelled. Yeah, it, no. genuinely, it felt like it, <laughs> yeah, Christmas okay. has been cancelled on Christmas Eve. Um, and Indian Wells is a really fun tournament because I remember, you know, back in back in the past, you know, you'd see uh, footage of like the players playing football um, out on like the lawns, and yeah, I just it's always been a tournament that I've you know always wanted to go to, never never have made it. Thank God I didn't try to plan that for this year. Um, but no, I just, I do feel really, really sorry for everyone that was planning on going. Um, and you know, a lot of our listeners have sort of raised the points of all, you know, all those sort of freelancers that work sort of event by event, you know, they rely on things like this to go ahead for their, for their income. And it's putting a lot of people out, out of work temporarily. They've got to, you know, try and make ends meet, they've got bills to pay like the rest of us. And you know, it's it's very difficult for those sorts of individuals. Um, so there's, there's so many knock-on effects, you know, down the chain. Um, it's not just, you know, the fact that, oh, we can't, you know, get some ex- excellent tennis, you know, over the next couple of weeks. Yeah, um, and we... And we think that also, and I think that extends to, you know, we, we obviously, I think when we hear this news, we think about, oh, what does this mean for, you know, the big, the big three? What does this mean for Nadal? What does this mean for Djokovic? But, you know, I think we might see, you know, if this continues, you know, I think the thing we'll see first of all is how this affects or impacts, um, you know, tennis players whose ranking is lower where, you know, these tournaments are getting cancelled. So they're not going to get any prize money. Um, so if they're not getting any prize money, how can they, you know, afford to kind of you know, bankroll their mm-hmm. you know, coaching yeah. or their team yeah. or their flights or their accommodation or whatever. And so, as you said, it has all these, this like, yeah, it has this massive impact on not just players, but, you know, fans, um, uh, journalists, people who work in tennis. Um, and I think, yeah, when we're kind of talking about the players, it's the lower ranked players that I feel like are going to feel almost mo- very hard, almost very hard done by. Yeah. Um, 
they, I mean, they rely on playing week by week to get that, you know, paycheck and so they can afford to fly to the next tournament. You know, so there's going to be a lot of people. I mean, obviously it's, it's a, you know, masters event. So it's not going to have had like tons of, of really low ranked players, um, at the event, which maybe is a blessing in disguise that they would have been at another location. Although, you know, there were already, some other tournaments I think that was cancelled. I mean, I know Jamie Murray raised like, sort of a good point that I think there's a challenger in Phoenix kind of going <laughs> yeah. on this week. And he said, oh, the entry list for that is going to get very interesting. <laughs> and there's going to be a lot of competition over like last minute wild cards. And <laughs> I'd love to see oh, some yeah. like really rogue Dominic team going in to play yeah. challenger so he can recuperate some of those thousand points he's going to. Yeah. Uh, and actually, Joel, um, with regards to the rankings, I didn't realise that, you know, they would all just drop points. I just thought they would like have a rankings freeze or something because, you know, no one's able to play at this event so i just i just i don't know why i just didn't think that they would all lose you know the points from last year so essentially anyone who did you know very well at that tournament last year will, will lose the most in terms of of the rankings if if i'm getting my head around that correctly um i mean obviously it's just one event at the moment but if it's going to be a, a series of events that you know could have maybe more serious implications for the rankings it's it's an interesting topic because you know with the ranking points it is like i think it is you know the ranking points are accumulated based on what you do in 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 52 weeks or whatever and um yeah if if an event has been cancelled you don't and yeah your points drop off you feel a bit kind of like powerless to kind of to stop it and so you know as i said dominic team who won this tournament last year will see a thousand points just drop off his you know his ranking, or, or you know he'll, he'll drop off his ranking, and he and he might feel a bit hard done by because it's like, oh well, I didn't even have the chance to step on court and kind of can't defend his title. Yeah, yeah. no, exactly. And I mean, also, you know, we haven't got decision yet on on Miami. Um, it's at the moment they've said that it's moving forward as scheduled, and you know they're monitoring the situation closely. Um, and then after Miami, it's not you know, not a massive gap before we get to Monte Carlo. Um, now, Monte Carlo is not in France, you know, technically it's separate. However, you know, for all intents and purposes, it kind of is France. And France have banned, I think, all events where you've got more than like a thousand people gathered together. So, and also, you know, Monte Carlo is extremely close to Northern Italy. So that's going to be a prime one to be cancelled, I think. Um, not to mention the Rome tournament. Uh, Barcelona yeah I, I, I mean, mean they could all be wiped out which do you know one player that this is absolutely <laughs> perfect for is Roger Federer I mean what a jammy time for him to have surgery and take you know months out of the game um I just think you know if he'd have known I mean maybe he maybe he has a crystal ball and he knew this was happening uh, yeah I mean it's, it's it's unbelievable isn't it I mean there's probably not a better time to have knee, <laughs> knee surgery than uh, right, you know, like right now, because at the up, other end of the spectrum, you've got someone like Rafael Nadal who is going into like, you know, if we if we're going into the European clay season with this sort of uh, with the coronavirus still kind of a, th- a threat uh, to the point that it's cancelling tennis events, um, he's going to lose, and and you know, and the ranking points has the system hasn't changed or there's not been no kind of further rules implemented. He's going to lose a lot of points, Kim. Yeah, and it will also just disrupt the whole flow of the clay court swing. You know, so 
say Roland Garros still goes ahead, but Monte Carlo, Rome, you know, they've been cancelled. It might be different. You know, it, it might change things, the dynamic of things when we get into Roland Garros, because a lot of players might go Not into Not have that. any form. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like without like the match practice that they typically normally like would have done. So, and also, I mean, say, for example, this is kind of maybe a long stretch, but say we do, you know, have a number of these high profile tournaments cancelled. And then we, you know, start again with, you know, Roland Garros, Wimbledon, et cetera. And then we go off into the Olympics, um, if, if, you know, if that all goes ahead as planned. You know, we were sort of saying how it'd be really hard for someone to like win, you know, Wimbledon, the Olympics and the US Open. But perhaps it would be much more doable now because they would have had a big chunk of the season where they're not playing competitively. And they it allows a bit of a, a pre-rest for, the, for later in the year. I don't know. It might change what's, what's going to happen. This situation is so, I feel like this situation is so fluid and, you know, there is so much, obviously there's still so much uncertainty, particularly with the Olympics and, you know, who knows what's going to happen to the Olympics, whether it's going to be postponed, when when it would get postponed to and, you know, what impact that would have on tennis, you know, on the tennis season. You know, I've heard, uh, you know, I've been reading things about people suggesting that they cancel the Asian swing, which happens after the US Open. Now, you know, I quite liked reading it. I quite liked the idea of cancelling the Asian swing and having the Indian Wells and Miami back to back. But Joel, how is that fair? How is that fair to all the tournaments in Asia? Because assuming coronavirus is sort of nipped in the bud by then, like, is that not going to be more like chaos and rearrange everything i'm, like, I'm just... assuming it's not going to be nipped in the bud by then well, i don't know well, I just you're, you're like assuming it's... it is going to be nipped in the bud in the west but not in like china though that's what you're assuming with that by saying to cancel the asian swing well potentially so... I, I don't know okay. i feel like it's, it's so many moving as i said it's so many moving parts to this and we can all kind of hypothesize and guess about you know what the tour might look like but it, i think at the end of the day it feels like this is going to be a tour that's going to have an, as- an asterisk next to it yeah, exactly. Like, who's going to sort of make the most of it? I mean, I was wondering if if Novak Djokovic, in light of this, you know, if more events are cancelled, he could just go through the whole season undefeated because there will, you know, less events to play. He'll, uh, you know, he, he always peaks at the ones he really cares about anyway. And if he's not playing as many, he might very well just go through it all and not lose a single match. I don't know. Um, he might be one to benefit. But um yeah, it, it's a weird, weird time and we'll keep everyone up as up to date as we can. But we'll let's just wait and see, you know, what, what is announced. Um, but thank you also to our listeners who kind of um, gave us their two cents worth about sort of how it's going to impact, um, you know, the tours and all the different stakeholders involved who are going to sort of lose out, um, you know, very good f- food for thought. Um but we did have some tennis last week, Joel, didn't we? Um, which maybe we should just quickly discuss. Um, because, you know, we have had some results <laughs> to report on <laughs> since our last catch up. Yeah, we had uh, we've had tennis in Monterey. Sorry, Monterey uh, in Mexico, uh, where Joe Conta actually played better than I, I was expecting. Took out Kim Kleister's, um in her first match. I think that was her first win um, of the year. Uh, she fell to Bushkova in straight sets in the semifinals, who then went on to uh, lose to Elena Svitolina, who was the champion, uh, in a really kind of tightly contested 
battle uh seven five four six six four i think it took almost three hours so a really good final there um from two kind of you know very informed players i'd say um Shame yeah, about for- conta though um mm. i think her right knee was playing up in that semi-final so sort of doesn't bode that well if after you know a couple of matches she is you know still having issues with the knee i suppose Indian Wells being cancelled will help <laughs> a recovery on that one. Um, but yeah, a bit of a shame, but glad that, you know, it's very good to see her kind of back and winning. And I wasn't really sure how the match of Clytus was going to go. So that was um, a good win for Joe there. Um, and actually Marie Buskova, or Buskova um, I'm sure she's the player that like got attacked by pigeons at uh, Roland Garros oh, last you year. Love, you love bringing up that story. You <laughs> love bringing up that story. It just story. reminds me of like Alfred Hitchcock, the birds. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I just, whenever I hear Fitzgiver, like I see her name on a live score app, I think pigeons. So yeah, love it. Um, but yeah, we also had the Leon tournament where Sophia Kennan uh, won her second title of the year. So Australian Open champion. Uh, she beat Annalena Friedsam in the final in a three-set match. Uh, so Kennan's back, well, not back up. She's now number four in the world. Because um, she actually hasn't had the most amazing season since winning the AO because she was in Dubai and Doha, lost first round in both of those events. So she's kind of worked her way back to winning ways, but it's been a bit of a struggle in, in Leon. She saved match points in a couple of her matches and she was, she was down and had to really battle through all, all the rounds to kind of get through to the final and then, and then win. So um, yeah, good win for Ken in, in, in Leon in the end. God, Ke- going from France to Indian Wells, that is a, that is a push, isn't it? That well, is she a probably push. flew all the way out to California, I imagine. And probably, you know, and then got there and was told, "Oh, sorry, it's it's been cancelled." But I suppose you know they they kind of have obviously they have have to be have to be there and they have to go there and carry on as normal. I think you know I think one thing I'm kind of just thinking about out loud is kind of with tennis players as well. It's like we're just assuming that they'll you know they'll want to go back onto a tennis court once you know well hopefully everything is being given the okay. But you know is there the chance that you know some of these players will refuse to kind of go to i don't know go to certain countries to play certain tournaments because you know the they don't want to put themselves into an environment that maybe has had uh you know troubles with coronavirus yeah i suppose it'll be a personal decision you know they might be worried about passing it on to you know more at risk members of like their family or something but i mean i think that would really depend on if you know the player's financial situation whether they sort of felt they could afford to not play um you know i i don't know i mean it, you know, it would have to be a personal decision <laughs> wouldn't it but interestingly they did play the indian wells challengers which happened last week as well so obviously they were you know not concerned enough about you know all the players at the challenger um but i don't know i just thought that was kind of uh interesting but i suppose you know by by then, you know, they see the situation, as you said earlier, is, is very fluid. So, um, but Jack Sock actually was in the final of the challenger in Indian Wells last week. Um, I think it's the first time he's won two matches in a row uh, in, in a long time. Uh, it, you know, he's obviously his, his yeah, I think ranking he... just fell to pieces, didn't it? Um, yeah, but I think he's now back up to... <laughs> 
circa around 350 he in has the an world, actual ranking which is a star yeah. so but yes yeah, steve johnson won won that uh in the end and irina begu won the women's event uh last week so that's pretty much the only competitive play that indian wells is going to see in 2020 unless they do manage well, to put, fit it into the schedule yeah. later in the year which i think is unlikely but we'll see and i think yeah and and one person actually we haven't mentioned yet which again this will uh you know impact is andy murray for for our british fans who who actually has you know there were videos coming up on his instagram of him training at the uh, the national tennis center in roehampton uh looking you know looking looking match fit and looking hungry to get back on a on on the tour and and i think he kind of suggested that he was aiming to come back at the miami open but again that doesn't look like it's going to happen and you know whether again whether murray would want to take him um you know take himself you know into an environment that's had a you know a case of the coronavirus whether he would do that i don't know um so well, again, i mean there's there's coronavirus in london though so i mean i don't yeah, think true. you know i yeah. mean it, there's coronavirus everywhere now isn't there so yeah but it, it does make you sort of not want to go anywhere I, i'm feeling like there's so much speculation and stuff on like twitter and the news it, it this real like feeling, this culture of fear, it's, it's, it's really, it's, we'll see it's very negative and like we need to be informed, but I do wonder how much is really like warranted, you know, this fear that's being created, uh, that we need a bit of a realism. Yeah. I think there is the argument that almost kind of like, uh, you know, I think there are some people out there might say that like the his, hysteria or the reaction to, the coronavirus is almost more has been more impactful than mm. the coronavirus itself, itself and... yeah exactly i mean I, I mean all the all the toilet paper um antics that's just crazy <laughs> crazy scenes uh but but... for all of our <laughs> listeners yeah for all of our listeners not in the uk uh yeah with people are stockpiling loo roll from mm. uh this from from the supermarkets uh, interestingly yeah. enough when i was in the states i asked i think like you know one of my the hotel maids i said oh can i have some more loo roll and they had no idea what i was talking about because like, they don't <laughs> they don't refer to it as loo roll over there <laughs> so that was a cultural lesson that i learned <laughs> i for one kim after the after we've recorded this i'm actually going to go to the supermarket and stockpile me some if loo- there's any loo left roll. yeah oh. well yeah well, <laughs> no, there we go. <laughs> but, uh, yeah listeners uh thanks for listening to our coronavirus special and looking at how we think it might impact the tennis season how it has Im- impacted the tennis season i hope you enjoyed listening to this episode if you want to subscribe to us remember you can do so on all the podcasting platforms out there if you want to follow the show as well on social media we are at passing shot pod on facebook twitter and instagram and if you want to contact the show as well on email you can do so passing shot pod at gmail.com we will be back at some point <laughs> we don't exactly know when we, we don't know when we we have i mean in all seriousness me and kim have been talking about um you know other sorts of episodes we might do in lieu of there actually not being any tennis to catch up on um but we'll keep uh, our listeners informed on twitter on on how that develops if that needs to develop but um you know if there is any tennis to catch up on 
uh, we will m- make sure that uh, our listeners stay informed. But uh, yeah, I hope you can join us next time for a new episode of The Passing Shot, whenever that may be. But for now, thanks for listening and goodbye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.